0: Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Catching Foxes on layevangelist.com. Catching Foxes is a weekly discussion show on all things culture and the impact it has on our faith, especially for young adults. My name's Gomer and I'm joined by my co-host Luke, who has no last name.
1: Step one, one, we can do... Uh, That's from New Kids on the Block. My first concert, by the way. Did I ever tell you that?
0: Uh, I'm sure you did in some
1: nightmare that I had. New Kids on the Block. I was eight... My mom thought that would be appropriate. And thanks, Pats. Oh, yeah, of course it was. I mean, it was a little bit odd. I was there with Emily, who was six, who was the target audience. <laughs> um, I'm sure this explained why I couldn't get girls in junior high school. Oh, well, I mean, that's one of the explanations. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was my poofy hair <laughs> and chubby body. What the fuck say? Did I have a girlfriend in junior high school? No, I don't think I did. I, I remember asking a lot of girls out. And them saying, I just want to be friends. And me going, oh, okay. And then never talking to them again. So that was cool.
0: (laughs) I just want to be friends. And by friends, I mean stay away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I just want to be friends. And by that, I mean
1: here's restraining order and you're gross.
0: (laughs) And here's a deposit
1: for your therapy 10 years later. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have
0: to do that. Uh... This is what it sounds like when doves cry. This conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
1: wow, this guy is sad. Um, So we're kind of starting over, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so too, which is kind of a bummer because we did have some really good conversations. I don't want to replicate that. But I do want to harness it and go from there. So to everyone who is just listening, this might be the first episode that you're hearing. So what I want to do is just take the time to talk about why we are doing this. Um, We live in a world of 140 characters. There's a lot about that that I like. We live in a world of where anyone can share anything that they want. I think that is fantastic. We can um, instantly communicate. You know, I just saw a fact that it took – in order for the telephone to reach seven i'm sorry to reach 50 million people it took 75 years for angry birds it took 50 days wow
0: how many how many
1: million uh i think i think it was like 50 million i think 50 50 million uh which i mean it's it's it, it just i think it just proves how easily and how small our world is right now, but I think one of the problems with that is we really then have small and easy, con- like, small and easy conversations. We don't really talk about things in terms of um, we don't give them the depth or the serious attention that I think those discussions require. And that's just one of the things that I want to do here in this hour to an hour and a half time span that we have. I think one of the things that the podcasting is good for and i'm getting a little tired of the divisiveness that's caused by those small sound bites does, does that make sense absolutely
0: yeah. you know when we just have a, a bunch of talking heads on a channel that is pre-programmed to pre-scripted to like exactly what we like and think exactly the way that we think and all we get is talking bites about i mean really the problem with fox news and cnn and msnbc more so msnbc and fox news is it doesn't matter your political persuasion you go there to get your marching orders. You don't go there to learn the news. You go there yeah. to learn how you should talk about, as a party member, uh, about this or that issue, right? Like, and when you hear about Ferguson, you're not getting reports on the violence of Ferguson. You are going to Fox News or you're going to MSNBC to understand the particular narrative and how to argue those points with other people. And uh, it's from that that kind of echo chamber that I think wounds... The intellectual capacity of, of individuals and it prevents um, our uh, – it wounds our social cohesion with each other, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and I, and I don't want this to be a political, though I think it might – there could be times where we might – it might sound like that. But this is not a a show about politics. It's about faith and culture and in life, So it's going to be everything from talking about the new Star Wars film that was just announced, which I am actually pretty excited about, to things like race, gay marriage. Um, I mean, just all the stuff that we that's just in the news. And I, I really want to give it the attention that it deserves. And I can't think of anything better than uh, – did you read that article that I shared with you from San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, for anyone who does not know, it was an article about what's going on with the art, with the archbishop, and he's re- requiring all of the teachers to basically sign a document saying that they are going to live lives um, that are in line with Catholic teaching, and I don't have a problem with what he is trying to do. I understand why. Um, I don't know what kind of a reaction people were expecting from the city of San Francisco, Uh, It doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Wait, wait, wait. This is the city that has the world's greatest love affair with the covenant of Noah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's... Rainbow flags
0: everywhere. Yeah. They love the covenant of Noah. Well,
1: and it's it's not, I mean, that's really, in all all honesty, that's just one part, the uh, Castro district. But the city as a whole is just very, I mean, postmodern. Oh, absolutely. You know, and... I and mean, it's one of my favorite places in 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 our country, to be honest with you. But I don't know what he was expecting with that, nor do I – this is, this is what is bothering me. Nor do I understand why someone like that – is it Phil Donahue from that one thing? What? You know, um, the guy who came out with a statement who's like
0: – Oh, yeah, yeah. Catholic uh, – yeah, Catholic def- answers. Not, uh, not yeah. Catholic answers. No, it's like the Catholic defense – something or other
1: yeah and and i'm gonna
0: do my best to not make this a political but what is he trying to do uh he's trying to shame people using his megaphone to do what they should do you know one of his earliest actions i like i mean his name's not phil donahue phil donahue <laughs> is the former newsman turned <laughs> daytime tv <laughs> and where's he host. from yeah and where's phil, where phil donahue from uh, I'm guessing Dayton, Ohio. The
1: great city of Dayton, Ohio. You're welcome, world, for flight, Esther Price candy, the stoplight, the cash register. Dayton. All right, sorry. Go on.
0: Okay. Uh, Bill Donahue. Bill Donahue. Bill Donahue. Yeah. Bill Donahue. Will, Will, William Donahue. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah the Catholic League. Anywho. Uh, I think so. I might be wrong. Um, But anywho, he – yeah, his whole basic thing is to get – just generate a lot of negativity towards this individual hoping to get them to cave in what they're doing. Anywho, I think um, getting people to sign a piece of paper saying you're going to act a certain way, uh, number one, it never works because people are going to act the way that they're going to act. Now, if you're telling Catholic teachers in a Catholic school – that in that within the realm of that catholic school they have to live and teach as catholics i think that is that can be expected i mean to a certain point you can't sit there and say listen this is a communist school but i don't care if you teach free market principles and you know like mm-hmm. like yeah. no one everyone would say that's absurd right and if i think
1: that's what he's trying to do is, is to say, you know, like, don't do anything that's going to contradict or don't teach anything or say anything that's going to or be outspoken against church teaching.
0: Yeah, I think really it's revolving around the whole gay marriage issue and uh, homosexual rights, LGBT and all that other um, all those other letters uh, that. I'm sure there are teachers who are either gay themselves and all, or, you know, pro gay marriage. Mm -hmm. And now they're being told that not only are they not allowed to publicly support it on the grounds of campus, but they're not allowed to support it at all, ever, 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 or you could be fired. Um, Yeah. Now, you used to run a school. Um, What do you think of trying to implement something like this? Because I think it goes back to a little bit with um, one teacher who, uh, she came out as a lesbian and had her partner get married um, in some state, and then they were immediately fired. Um, oh, it was in St. Louis, uh, and they were immediately fired. Uh, and then all these people rose up against it, and it was actually at my wife's alma mater. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, because in St. Louis, I don't know if you know this, but people are fanatical about their high school so Mm. it's like yeah so it's ah the midwest yeah (laughs) we have nothing to go for except (laughs) our high schools um no but um so like if you go to st louis if you lived in st louis people say oh what high school did you go to like that's like the first thing they say yeah so um it's like a big deal when a high school teacher got fired for this and people came out on either side but uh the reality is like you can't live in contradiction of the school's values Yet you as a as a principal, uh, I mean, you've had to fire some people, um, which were all kind of amazing stories because you had to fire like a lot of people, didn't you? Didn't you fire like seven it was, people um, in, a he, <laughs> in a day after a yep. lot of drinking? It's like, you're all gone. And you, I don't like the way
1: that you laugh.
0: <laughs> I'm petty and cruel.
1: And learn how to tie a tie.
0: Um, well, Get yeah, a clip I mean, on it's, like it's, the rest of us.
1: It's the thing that, you know, if you're in a, any sort of managerial role, you're going to have to let people go. And I can tell you from experience, it is awful. It's absolutely awful. But the hardest, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is that. Um, it is... And I really hope that you can't hear the heater all all that much that's in the background. So sorry. Uh professionalism. Um yeah, it's it it's it's really weird. I mean it's 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 um sorry. Let me let me just collect my thoughts We're here really quick. Okay, so um having a fire people Are is you- that what you're going for?
0: Hmm? No, what I'm what I'm going for is put yourself underneath this as a as a principal underneath okay. the Catholic okay. schools in San Francisco yeah. and you're being told you know a similar type you weren't under the diocese of San Francisco were you No 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 Okay no, no. um oh no no when you were a principal you weren't you were a different country uh, But I do, no state. but I do but I do have ties to that um archdiocese I, there was I, I almost actually
1: uh well I was offered a job there over the summer but I turned it down well, can, can not offered. I was sorry. I was invited to apply, and I was like, eh. um,
0: "That's very exciting." So, if you were a principal, <laughs> if you were a principal, <laughs> do, 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 do. exactly, if buy were, my book. Buy my book. You have a book? <clears throat> no, it's for the
1: critic. I'm sorry.
0: Thank you. Uh, if you were going to be a principal under under which this legislation of your your local ordinary, your local archbishop said. Not only, you know, how would you go about doing this? Like, is this tenable? Is it enforceable? Is it overstated? What would you say?
1: In that area, I think it's borderline impossible. They have four high schools in that city. But I think it's like, I'm trying, this could be completely wrong. And if I am, I apologize. But I believe there's around 800,000 people in San Francisco, in, in the city proper, not on the outskirts, and you can go into a maroon county, which is right next to it, and it's that's a whole nother diocese. So, in the actual diocese of San Francisco, you only, you're, you're, you're only really talking about four high schools. Not sure about the amount of elementary schools, and even with that, I think to get and to have the entire staff that you're going. Need for a school there to have all of them be on the same page as that is borderline impossible. So I think it's an un. It's, I understand why he's trying to do that because even you just, let's just take it from a pure brand standpoint. If you work at Apple, you're gonna you want to have people who buy into what Apple's about. Uh, all that stuff. If so it's, 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 it's the same thing as a Catholic school. The problem is, is you have so many people now who have gone through those schools post, post-Vatican II who don't share or necessarily have the type of values that an Orthodox Catholic might expect um, an, an average person involved with that, with that school to have. So, it's, so I, I, I understand why he's trying to do it. It's a very tall order. I think he's ultimately he might have to put his money where his mouth is and close down schools and say, "Look, because I don't like it's coming down to if if we, if we ultimately do a mislead, if we mislead people in the gospel, that's a huge sin. That's not good at all. And so he, I mean, he's, I, I understand why he is why he is what." Sorry, I'm back. I understand why he is doing it. He's in a very, very hard spot because I just don't think it's possible there. So I, and, 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 and like the school where I was before out in the state of Idaho, absolutely possible it's because you have, that's what the people there want. You have the staff in order to be able to do that. We had everyone sign an oath of fidelity to the church. Everyone did it. No questions asked.
0: And then what would you do if people started asking questions?
1: I would say in the interview, even before, even during the the interview process, I would say, you know, like, you, do you have a problem with this? Do you, I'm not going to hire anyone who isn't on board with what the church teaches. They asked very specific questions. I mean, they wanted to know, are, you know, what do you, you think about things like, you know, um, what's your stance on an issue like abortion? Cause it's, that is such a pro-life, a pro-life area that you can't have anyone who's going to, uh, contradict that because it's just, it's just not going to go over well. It's like, um, you know, let's say that you are a hip hop artist and you're going to go play for a, a, you know, country music crowd, probably not going to work. I don't know. That's, that's horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, <that sounds> <laughs> <laughs> um you know but it's just like you you have to know who you what of your customer base is, who, who who you're serving and what you are about um and out in san francisco they just don't have those same expectations from their catholic schools there are some people who who absolutely do but they are in the minority there
0: yeah i uh I think that it is – I am always weary about statements of behavior. I'm great about statements of belief, right? Like this is what we believe, and this is how we're going to live. It's just really difficult for me to get someone who – to sign a piece of paper saying, I'm going to live this way forever. Um, Not only because we all sin, but because most people have not been taught what the church teaches. And the problem that people don't realize, um, the people who are obsessed with orthodoxy above all, like we we both acknowledge that you need orthodoxy, which means you need to teach what the church teaches, the full deposit of faith, nothing more, nothing less. And so as Catholics, like I mean, that's a given, but there's there's a different group of people that define their Catholicism simply by holding that the the right things to hold. And those are the people that really um that I think I think are we haven't been teaching the truth to people for generations, okay, for decades. Let me put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't been teaching people to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Instead, we've been teaching people to attend Mass as faithfully as possible until they get bored with it, and then they leave, and then we beg them to come back. Or we pretend like they had, they fell away rather than the church not, not serve their needs to what they need to, to stay. And I don't mean kowtow to them. What I mean is give them Jesus, um, and more than just forcing him to come to the Eucharist. So let me summarize my thoughts here, because I, I, I just there are things like this that I totally embrace, and things like this that I I'm just personally like this is a very personal thing. I'm just repulsed by because I had to deal with it in certain administrative things in um, early on in ministry work, and the idea of trying to demand behavior without first preaching the gospel to people is infuriating me. So the people who are teachers now grew up in the crappiest of educational environments in the Catholic Church. They were not systematically taught what we believe, but they also weren't taught why we believe it. So, you know, right now I'm reading, um, you know, we affirm and believe the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and we embrace the teachings about that church as enunciated in the catechism of the Catholic Church. Like, that's great. That's great. Okay. Okay. If you know what those two books are, you could be like, okay, sure, whatever. But most people do not um, – I mean they don't know – like they know the the conclusions, but they don't know what the, the why is behind it. They know the what, but they don't know the why. Mm-hmm. And we just come in and we demand everyone to agree with the, the what without peacefully and patiently working with them on the why. You know, and getting people because it takes a conversion in the city of San Francisco. It takes nothing less than a conversion to accept the church's teaching on homosexuality. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, no one by default in our culture today agrees with this. Now, the Archbishop might, by default, he might have been raised in a beautiful Catholic environment that never hated gays, but then at the same time did not affirm the possibility of gay marriage. He might have had a very beautiful view of the human person and all this stuff. But he comes from that perspective. Uh, information makes us dumb when we're relating to, to the ignorant, right? Like, we know so much that we forget what people don't know. And so we just throw out all the what's and forget the spending time with the why. Two so, point. And so, I mean, so just throwing out all these what's, like, uh, we affirm and believe what the church teaches about chastity, and specifically that chastity means, quote, the successful integration of sexuality within the person, and thus the inner unity of man in his bodily and spiritual being. Great. It's a great quote from the Catechism. We affirm that chaste living necessarily requires abstinence from all sexual intimacy outside of marriage, even if by itself is insufficient to achieve the virtue of chastity in all of its fullness. Great, great. That's awesome. But then we get into all the stuff and, like, the next quote, um, we accept the church's teaching on all extramarital sexual relationships are gravely evil and that these include adultery, masturbation, fornication, the viewing of pornography, and homosexual relations. Like, just stating that and saying everyone needs to agree with this is, going, is so difficult for today's Catholics. I'm talking Catholics. I'm, ta- I'm not talking the massive amount of teachers that you have in these schools who aren't even Catholic weren't yeah. even a Christian who were teaching, you know, a math class or an English lit class. And, uh, and then we go even more uh, homosexual acts being contrary to the natural law. We also affirm and believe. All that the church says about the distinction between homosexual orientation and homosexual acts, we accept that the homosexual persons do not choose their condition and that they must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. So that means people who are anti-gay person, right, they are violating the <clears throat> church's, the diocese statement of beliefs, right? They are violating it by being anti-gay because it just says we accept that homosexual persons do not choose their condition and they must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Um, And that any sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. Um, We affirm that homosexual persons are called to to fulfill God's will in their lives and if they are Christians to unite to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. You know, like, so it kind of gets you at, um, from both angles, right? So it's for those who are, who think like, yeah, I'll sign this form because it's anti-gay marriage. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you're also anti-gay person, and that's not the church.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. So what? Uh, the, no, the, the, that's a great point because I, I think you can't. I mean, and and when I and when I say the word you, I, I'm not referring to the bishop. I'm saying Catholics in general. You can't expect people to just buy into what you're saying without having, without having to meet them where, where they are or just taking the time to get to know them as, as a person. So if you just, I feel like we just stick to these things and we say like guys like, uh, Bill Donahue, I get the impression that he's just like, and he just expects people to, uh, to believe him because he knows he has truth on his side. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, like, I do get a little tired of the whole thing where it's like, Christ hung out with all of the prostitutes and the tax collectors, man. He was a rebel, and if he was alive today, he'd smoke cigarettes, and, and he'd like Def Leppard. First of all, Def Leppard sucks. Two, <laughs> um, what's uh, what sucks in only... Okay, sorry, that's a horrible joke. Anyways, um, you know what joke I was... No, Luke, just go. <laughs> like, g- go with the joke? Or no, was my thought? No. Go with the rest of the thought. <laughs> Abandon the
0: joke. Run far away from Def Leopard. Just run.
1: All right. Run. Um, <laughs> if, if we're going to be – like we're, we are the gong that Paul is – when I think – when I hear someone like Bill Donahue now – and this could be just the way that the news portrays him. But what I see is that gong that I believe the Apostle Paul uh, was talking about. It's when we speak without love. And – I just think we have to be at a we have to accept the fact that we we have to be martyrs. And I don't mean that in a sense of like I'm gonna be a martyr and I'm gonna be an emo kid who like I'm gonna make sure that everyone that they all know that I that I'm a martyr. I mean behind closed doors, we're gonna in our heart of hearts while we pray, when it's just us and God, we have to accept the fact that we're probably not going to be accepted and then love people anyways and go from there. And I, you know and I don't know if if you are the Archbishop of San Francisco I don't, I don't know what you do I honestly I don't envy that man at all because what I mean what is he supposed to do like honestly what is he I mean do you close down those those schools because it's on him if those schools those Catholic institutions that he's he's ultimately responsible for to God that if they lead people away from Christ, you know, that might be on him. So what is he supposed to do?
0: Yeah. Well, so let me read from uh to you about the. <laughs> what? So this is really funny. So I go to the letter of the Catholic San Francisco, which is the newspaper of the diocese. And I mm-hmm. want to read to you this thing. But as I'm scrolling down, I see a very familiar face staring back at me. Underneath the title Vatican Web TV player," there's a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> of and course are you joking? No, and it's for the Share Jesus campaign where I did my teaching on prayer, wearing my awesome cardigan, and it's just sitting there, so that's nice.
1: Oh, uh, really quick on the on the share Jesus thing that everyone should go watch. Uh, it's at Redeemed Online on Twitter. How cool does Bob Olznesky's tattoos look?
0: They look pretty cool. Not my good. gosh. Yeah, go on. Uh, So he says, um, so he's writing this letter to teachers. So just to clarify, what this was, was, it was part of the collective bargaining agreement that the diocese has with all the teachers, right? Teachers union, all this stuff about their contracts. And so he just says, um, let me explain to you what we're doing. And and he's basically saying that this isn't anything new. I'm just drawing the affirm and believe statements. Those are just like, uh it's not an oath or affirmation or anything like that. This is the uh this is what they've always believed. It's always been a part of it, but it's not been as explicit and so they're trying to make he says clarity and transparency so in his actual letter he says um uh he wants to make' them, teachers more effective witnesses of the Catholic faith um He sees that uh issuing a document that clarifies Catholic hot button issues. Um, At schools, because he knows that there are people who don't believe what the church teaches, especially Catholics. And so he said, um, uh, many people have opinions directly contrary to the natural moral law and the teaching of the Catholic Church. Furthermore, many Catholics themselves have beliefs at variance with the Church teaching. This is simply a reality of our modern society. This reality stems in great part from the tremendous pressure the contemporary culture places on everyone to conform to a certain agenda at variance with, and often aggressively so, our Christian understanding of the human person and God's purpose in creation. Okay, so the reason why I quoted that is says, basically there's a lot of confusion about what the church's stances are on sexual morality and religious discipline. And he says, here's the two reasons why I wrote this. Uh, Number one, um, we need to have clear statements of these hot and button issues so that you understand it. Forthright, clear. And number two is that this candid formulation of church doctrine protects the teachers who don't agree with the statement. Mm Hmm. That sounds counterintuitive, but it is indeed the case. In a society in which confusion reigns about church teachings, highlighting the controversial issues alerts teachers to avoid contradicting church teaching on these issues either in the school or in some public way outside Mm -hmm. the classroom. So that's the way that he views this, right? He's he's saying we are going to be candid, we're going to be open, and we're going to let you know that this is a part of your agreement to work in a Catholic institution. Now framed that way, I like it more.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. I agree, actually.
0: Yeah, so when we say it like that, and that comes right out of his mouth. They actually have a whole section on their diocesan newspaper website just for this thing where it has a list of um, the media advisories. Special reports, statements, letters, and media regarding the high school teacher's contract. So in the Q&A, that's where I pulled off, like, listen, we're just trying to be clear and transparent. So um, he wanted to call them ministers, um teachers instead of teachers he wanted to call them ministers in order to get around some of the, the issues with the um with the law and whatnot but it looked like that's not gonna be happening yeah, yeah. I mean mm. I,
1: I, I don't know I, I don't know what you do. Yeah it's crazy. I mean I have
0: no pro see again I have no problem I have, I believe and affirm every single one of the things he says Um, But the issue is this, and this has always been my problem. When we don't evangelize, we can't expect, when we don't have schools that evangelize. A Catholic school should be graduating people that are radical disciples of Jesus Christ. Instead, we graduate academically excellent uh, atheists, (laughs) you know, like practical atheists, if not theoretical, you know, or total atheists. Like, we graduate people who have an allergy to their own Catholic faith. I mean, I can tell you this as a fact, as a youth minister that was also in charge of confirmation, which is done in high school here in our diocese, the worst people to have in class, nine times out of 10, are Catholic school students. Oh, I already know everything. I already know everything. I already know everything. Mm-hmm. And they roll their eyes at every little bit. And then you say, okay, well, then do you put it into practice? No, I don't really believe. You know, God is an abstract, an abstraction to them. So that being the case, if God's an abstraction to a lot of people, the teachings of Jesus Christ are equivalent to the teachings of Plato, Socrates, Confucius, if it's just another moral teacher or wise man, then I can agree or disagree. You know, I don't agree with everything Socrates ever said. I don't agree with everything Plato said. I don't agree with everything Aristotle said. I don't agree with anything, everything Jesus said. That's what people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then to, to turn around and say, do this now, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's, man, we picked a great topic. Very easy to crack. Yeah, yeah. So let's switch to something else. Um, All right. As you know, uh, something very near and dear to my heart is coming up soon in May. Um, The Avengers 2 Age of Ultron (sighs) is going to hit – it's so good. So good. It's going to hit the screen. So good. It's going to change our lives. It's going to change the course of human history forever. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that we've gone – oversaturated on the explosions and the CGI violence and all that stuff? Or can your heart receive yet more Marvel movies until 2018?
1: Yes. However, and I've been maintaining this for a while and we've had this conversation before, we need to get away from blowing up cities because it's going to lose its impact. Allah man man of steel.
0: You know, I liked Man of Steel a lot. I don't know if you remember my text messages when I came out. I liked it a lot because they blew up the cities. Mm -hmm. But they blew up the entire freaking city. And the reason why I like that is so many of these disaster movies, the world-ending disaster movies, right when the world's about to end, it's like really like a building or a couple blocks, you know? Like Avengers 1, right? They're going to take over New York. What did they do? They blew up a, a couple streets?
1: yeah but did you hear they did a thing where they estimated how much uh the damage that they did cost it was like nine billion dollars
0: i don't care they blew up a couple <laughs> streets they didn't and, and one of the giant lizard thingy or uh, flying people lived thing. come on come on you gotta yeah. destroy the buildings superman the whole funny the funny thing about superman is this okay so christopher nolan did batman the trilogy yeah. And you remember the pointed <laughs> so good um so good the great moment in in the second movie is the joker is directly tra- i mean he just murdered a whole bunch of police officers in order to get free and he's trying to get batman to murder him that's what he's trying to do and batman refuses <laughs> and comes out he's supposed to hit him with the motorcycle the bat bike right exactly and so that never happens so what ends up what ends up going on is um uh he uh he refuses to kill him. Okay, Batman is a psychologically damaged human being. Fast forward, now we're doing Superman. Superman kills the bad guy, General Zod. He breaks his neck. And yeah, I know he's breaking he does it just to avoid the general from killing these innocent family people. But Superman has just watched him kill thousands upon thousands of people right and all these people that yet superman the one who is who everyone like kind of gets over superman because he's so pure and good he is not pure and good at all in the movie yeah and then and then the whole part of the movie is we uh you know Kevin Costner's role is if you're an alien and you're so powerful everyone's going to be afraid of you because you're going to be able to do you have unspeakable power which and is then, a
1: really interesting premise i think right i think they it's had a cool. great I, idea there great I, idea
0: i i think it's cool uh the thing i don't like is they turned paul kent into an apathetic you know like hide yourself more than help people paul kent was the one that gave him his moral compass yeah that was the whole thing is like you're salt of the earth kansas farmers like you have the values of truth justice and the American way, yeah. right? And so I understand they're trying to rewrite that, and it's not. The, but his whole thing was like, "Don't save anyone." Okay, I got the "Don't save me" because it's too public, but the "Don't save the" you know, should I have let all those kids drown? Yeah. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. The whole thing that bothers me, okay, is the whole point of the movie is they're gonna be terrified of you, and then he goes and like it's just mass destruction. <laughs> he doesn't try to minimize anything. They should be – I would be terrified of this Superman. Let's ignore everything. Instead, <laughs> yeah, be... and, and you, you
1: have a girl who's like
0: kind of cute. Well, and then the funny thing is how it ends, right? I don't know if you remember the ending. But how it ends is him saying – him like destroying some satellite or some, <clears throat> some uh, drone or something like that. And he's like, hey, that costs us you know, millions of dollars. And he's like, don't try to follow me. And uh, he's like, anything you come, you know, throw at me, I'll, you know, I'll destroy. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're more powerful than our military, and you're kind of being a jerk about it. And I uh, hope you're on our side, you know. And then it just kind of yeah. ends.
1: I am excited for Batman versus <laughs> uh,
0: Batman versus like Superman. Though I will spend every dollar that I own to go see that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Even I'll though be I'm blind at- about Superman, I will absolutely see Batman versus Superman. I'll be there at midnight.
1: I'm okay with. Did you watch Gone Girl? No. I don't know if I would recommend it. There are some parts that are definitely
0: pornographic. Well, there's one part in particular, namely Ben Affleck's penis. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I turned my head because my fiance was like, turn your head. I was like,
1: okay, why? And and then there's one (laughs) horrible part with Neil Patrick Harris. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Well, I mean, I kind of did, but the way that happened was insane. Um, anyways, my point is he's actually a pretty great ever since he did Gigi or whatever, that's filmed with uh dimper the whole like Benifer thing. Yeah. Ever since that thing died, a glorious death,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's made some pretty great
0: movies. Yeah, like Paycheck. I haven't
1: seen Paycheck, I don't know what
0: that is. It's yeah, never mind. Uh you know, no, he's made good movies. I liked uh The Town, where it's about bank robbers and all that stuff. I mean it's kind <laughs> of a cliched movie, but still good. Uh he did. I like the the, oh, sorry. the uh, Iran one. What was that? Oh yeah. Um, Argo Argo. That was great. I loved Argo. He did
1: one about the actor who played Superman in the whole, I think he was a supporting actor in it, but he directed it. At the, I think, I think if I recall it was, that was pretty good. I saw it in the theater when I was in California way back when that was good. But, uh, yeah, I think Ben Affleck, I think he can pull it off. Uh, I like the, the look of Batman. I appreciate that. Um, I saw Aquaman. He looks kind of interesting. Uh, Aquaman's weird.
0: Aquaman I mean, is a weird know,
1: character. Yeah. yeah. I
0: don't yeah. know anything
1: about this stuff besides Batman. So,
0: Oh, God love you. But he, Aquaman, isn't that the guy from... Uh, uh, Game of Thrones?
1: Yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah, the Caddy like, No,
1: that's uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> the Khaleesi. The <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Kalees, the yeah. Call. Uh, uh, new Game of Thrones commercial. You know what I think of every time I hear that now which I just laugh. Me. No, is this is the South Park thing where he's like wait a oh. tiny wait a tiny wait. Like
0: <laughs> uh so funny. Sorry if we offended anyone. Hey, guess who's going to be Alfred in the new Batman versus Superman movie? Who? Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons.
1: Scar. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> it's Scar. <laughs>
0: be prepared.
1: Oh, One of the like top things we we, we could say? It, I'll throw out a
0: cultural reference. Yeah, and now I'm singing that song in my head right now. Prepare for sensational. New-
1: okay, do you think it's odd for a 32 year old male to go to Disneyland by himself for about five hours? Yes, I almost did that here's a couple a, weeks
0: ago. Here's the deal: I am not a. Can we talk about Disneyland, people? You're yeah, a Disneyland absolutely. person, right? I love it. Absolutely love it. I, I have a moral problem with Disneyland people who are grown-ass adults who don't have small kids who go to Disneyland.
1: Is your problem because they just make it so crowded?
0: No, I feel creepy around people like you. I feel like there's <laughs> something wrong with you that you're going to do this childish thing. No, because I don't think – when was the last time you were there? I went to Disneyland in like 2000 and no wow 1997
1: there is a big difference between disneyland 1994 and disneyland now i went uh for emily's 30th birthday and everyone that was there was over the age of 22 and we all had an absolute blast absolute blast because there's so much cool it's when Walt Disney created that park, you wanted to be a place that was fun for adults and for kids. And the past twenty years, have done a really great job of having it be just as fun for adults. You can't go on Space Mountain and tell me that that is fantastic.
0: Now I went on Space Mountain in Mountain in California, and I didn't think it was awesome. Really? Space Why? Mountain, the indoor, you're yeah. dark, and I mean it was amazing. Like, it wasn't amazing. It was amazing. listen i i went to six flags every single summer because i lived like 10 minutes away from it when i lived in california it was you know you're it's a roller coaster roller coasters don't do it for me i'm i'm not scared at roller coasters the the most extreme roller coaster i was on it just like you got the shoulder pads on you know because you go upside down Mm -hmm. so much it just like hit my head side to side and i was like i guess that's extreme i didn't feel scared i didn't feel like I You know, it's cool, it's fast, it twisted me. Sure, that's great. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, here's the thing that I So I'm that's li- why I started doing heroin. <laughs>
1: that's why I was like, give me the drugs. Then I, there, uh, do you like how you did a fantastic joke? i like, let me add on to it. Um, the thing is, it's not about the, I mean, I think that, that the ride is incredibly fun, but it's about the overall experience. But the fact you actually kind of do feel like you're flying out in space a, a little bit. The whole thing is just, it's just awesome. By the way, I did tell you about who I walked past when I was at Disneyland. Tom Hanks. No.
0: Uh, uh, let, this me is guess. A, let me guess. Give me a hint. Well, let's see. Who who would it be
1: awkward for me to pass if I were to go out to Orange County? Out of the millions of people who live there, who's the one person that it would be awkward if I walked past? I was like, wait, what?
0: Your ex-girlfriend?
1: Yeah, oh, my ex-girlfriend.
0: <laughs> Kara was there.
1: <laughs> naughty yeah so for for everyone who is listening uh i used to date a girl for just just a couple months but i fell in love and i fell hard and then she, she broke up with me and i cried for like for, six months
0: for those of you who are listening let me describe luke Carey's love life <laughs> for years he struggled with the ladies i don't know why as a grown man who loves disneyland he shouldn't ever have to struggle <laughs> with ladies but ultimately, it came down to every time a girl looked at him, he fell in love. That's not true. Okay, no, that's not true. That's a total exaggeration. Every time a woman said, hey, do you want to go on a date? Luke said, yes. And what's your ring size? I was
1: very Ted. Okay, I was this. I was very Ted Mosby-ish.
0: No, you're very Ted Bundyish.
1: That's way
0: worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a serial killer, so yes.
1: <laughs> no, I would say that I was very um, – yeah, I was very – but I got over that. See, here's here's the thing about me and my dating life was that I was either really into them or not into them at all. <laughs> there was no like, hey, let's be a normal human being and just get to know each other and see if there's a connection. There's no
0: slope. It's like iPhone sales. It's just the hockey stick straight up into the air. Like yep. hey, how you doing? You doing well? You want to go on a date? You do, and then you're up, you're off, and running.
1: Or it was hands, hang on, nope, nope, I'm gone, sorry.
0: Ah oh, man, you're you're a man of cliffs. That's what you are. You're either ramping up the cliff or you're falling off a cliff. Or yeah. you're shoving them off cliffs. But now, as a
1: grown adult, I've matured greatly and I've experienced healthy dating. <laughs> Not until now. Not until I found the one that I was supposed to marry.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Let me tell you, your fiance is awesome. Right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. For Aaron. Aaron. Well done. Well done. Uh,
1: I won. I won.
0: The best. The best thing is number one, you did win the lottery. Number two, uh she will spend no time in purgatory uh so that's wonderful (laughs) um but really let's get back to the heart of the issue okay can we Mm -hmm. uh so age of ultron uh i'm just kidding i'm not gonna go back there um i'm really excited for that movie let me just say i'm really excited let's review let's review what we talked about today because i think this podcast it was fun it was a great (laughs) we'll call this we'll call this episode two and what we're gonna do next is i'm gonna hang up and then we're going to re record a whole new show that's going to be our episode zero zero or episode one, whatever. Um, that's going to introduce everything. But let's just recap. So we are. Yeah. <laughs> Archbishop of San Francisco wrote a letter saying, you got to believe these things if you're going to be a Catholic teacher. But in reality, that's the hype that surrounds it, which you sent me an email from a, uh, an editorial in San Francisco, written in a San Francisco Post, was it? Uh... SF Post?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. I don't remember course. the newspaper? Yeah, a newspaper, green jacket, one... yellow
0: jacket. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, that was, exactly. Oh, I was just talking about that movie today. I love Happy Gilmore. Um, that he basically the guy in the original article said this ain't gonna happen. This ain't gonna fly in San Francisco. We're too pro gay marriage and pro gay everything, and um, the Archbishop is a lunatic. Um, but in reality, when you read his, the Archbishop's words, it's a very measured response. It's listen, we've always asked for you to defend and affirm and support what the Catholic Church teaches within Catholic institutions. However, I'm going to clarify these hot-button issues so that you know precisely what we teach. Now, I still stand by, and I agree with that. I think that's great. But I stand by my original original comments, which were, we expect so much from a people that know so little. We expect so much from the people who know a lot, but who are not converted. Who do not have an active living faith, and because they don't have this active living faith, um, they when they're just given a bunch of what's what the church teaches, a bunch of conclusions without number one understanding the arguments that went into it. But even if they understand that, they still don't. They haven't given themselves over to the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't. They're not given over to what the Catholic Church teaches. So the problem with that is we're presupposing a lot when we do. Um, when we do statements of faith and require, blanket terms require Now, I think the bishop has actually done a much more, the archbishop, I, I call him the archbishop because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, which <laughs> is Italian-sounding looking, uh, Cordlione. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's not offensive. Um. So, anywho, that's just what I want to say. I want to say that, evang- I, I mean, I'm a nerd for evangelism, and so, I think that that needs to come first and foremost, but, but, but he's still got to run the diocese. He's still got to run these schools, still has to give a Catholic identity and still needs to be, and it's his responsibility to be clear about this stuff. And it wasn't. So do you have any closing thoughts? Mid-high football rules. Mid-high football rules. All right. Everyone out there listening, I want to thank you all for listening to yet another awkward episode of, uh, mm-hmm. Catching Fox. This is the podcast where we discuss, not instruct, uh, dealing with uh, Catholic issues and just fun, awesome things like Age of Ultron, um, where we discuss them in, in a way that is hopefully fun, enlightening, and uh, um, filled with making awkward genitalia oh, references.
1: No, get to my last name, you son of a gun!
0: Oh man, I really <laughs> bombed it there. Oh, dude, I'll bleep it out <laughs> so it'll sound like I cussed. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Yeah individual uh <laughs> why don't you tell people where they can find you i am at the luke the the luke the or the luke the what is that
1: at, it's it's based off off of the simpsons when they're doing a um parole trial for sideshow bob and they say what about your tat your uh tattoo that says Die, Bart, Die. And he goes, no, it is it is German for The, Bart, The. And then they have a lady on the upper old board goes, oh, well, no one who speaks German can be evil.
0: <laughs> well played, well played. I wish you would have put Die, Luke, Die. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, okay, you can find me. Oh, man, I have two... Twitter accounts now three with our own. What's our catching foxes Twitter account?
1: At C foxes podcast. At C Foxes Podcast.
0: Okay, and that's the letter C. And then mine is at AMD Gomer. AMD Gomer. AMD G was a household we were in. What, Gomer, what 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 Gomer was my is my nickname. And uh so I just combined the two into something very obscure and stupid. Um okay, so thank you very much for listening. Stay tuned next week where we tackle the issue of corporate tax fraud and the women who love them. double us.
1: <laughs> Hashtag Luke is right about Disneyland.
0: What does the